that I'm winning by a lot. 93.3 and AM 560. That's why I listen. KWTO. I'm the son of a good man. I'm the child of an angel. I'm the brother of a wild one. And I'm looking for direction. News analysis and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Welcome back to KWTO. Well, this evening, the Springfield School Board is meeting to consider new policy changes. The idea of adding gender identity and sexual orientation to their non-discrimination practice requirements. They voted on this a couple weeks ago and decided not to add it. Now they're going to do it again. But joining us now, very special guest, Attorney General Andrew Bailey. General, welcome back to the show. Mr. Speaker, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you covering this important issue. Uh, General, you've got some some breaking news to talk about today. What's what's going on? Well, we want to send a letter to the school board to make sure they understand the contours of the law on this issue. I've seen some misreporting, some misinformation out there, and my concern is that people feel compelled to adopt a radical left-wing agenda being pushed by the Biden administration, and there is no law compelling them to do so. We fought this issue in court. We, The Missouri Attorney General's Office filed suit with a, a coalition of other states, and the district court handed down an order that clarified the law on this point. There is no command from the USDA requiring them to adopt this, any school board, to adopt this this uh, the, the, these new uh, this new guidance, and I would point out too, it is shameful that the Biden administration would hold children's lunch hostage in their woke left wing wo- culture war against Americans. Uh, General, it's really interesting for anybody who doesn't know. I know some of the listeners have seen the articles that that they're going to vote. The general is laying the groundwork. The Biden administration has is telling school districts if you don't add sexual orientation or gender identity to your list of non-discrimination proposals, then we're going to withhold millions of dollars of low-income funds or or funds for low-income students to eat lunches. Now, what's amazing about this is twofold. As you point out, this is part of the liberals' leftist agenda. But secondly, this is a Democrat saying, oh, we're not going to pay for kids to eat if you don't do the social engineering we want. And that is just bonkers. That is absolutely right. This is about protecting our parents' rights to educate their children and ensure that their children are educated consistently with those parents' values. And it is shameful that federal bureaucrats would hold hostage those children and their ability to, to be fed at our public schools as, as a ransom in this culture war. And, that, and as you've clearly enunciated there, that is exactly what's going on. We fought back, and the court clarified in our case that the, the USDA guidance was just that. It was guidance. It was not a command. It could not be a command or risk running afoul of the Tenth Amendment anti-commandeering doctrine. And so that's why this lawsuit was so important. This is where the practical application of some of these lawsuits comes into play, because again, this is protecting parents and kids' rights to access food at their schools without indoctrination from federal bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. Now, General, have we seen other school board members around the state feel this heavy hand of the Biden administration on them? Is this, is this happening everywhere? My fear is that there are people, there are school board members uh, across the state who are aligned with the Biden administration are going to use the heavy hand of the USDA guidance as an excuse to push this agenda. And again, they will do it at the expense of our children and at the expense of our parents' rights to be able to 
have their children educated on issues of, of sensitive issues of human sexuality consistent with the parents' values. It's not up to Washington, D.C. to teach our children about human sexuality. That's up to the, the parents. And state law on this point is clear, that if schools are going to educate on these issues, the curriculum has to be approved by the parents. There's an opt-in or opt-out procedure. And so we're not going to let left-wing ideologues in D.C. determine how our kids in Missouri are going to be educated. So here's, I guess, the question I have. So you've got, you know, the Springfield School Board is one of the larger school districts in the state. You've got a very, a, a fairly what I would consider divided school board. You've got some conservatives and some liberals, and they're trying to figure out the path forward. What sounds like you're saying today is that the Biden administration can't actually withhold these funds. Is that right? There is no command that the school has to adopt these policies in order to receive the funds. There is no such command. The court was explicit on that point. That's really fascinating. In general, we really appreciate you taking the time and telling us about this. What's uh, what's next? Let, you know, obviously, for those of our listeners who, who have been following this, two weeks ago they voted. It was 3-3, three to three, so they made a decision not to adopt these these new rules. Then one more board member who was not there two weeks ago has come back, and so a lot of the people locally are like, oh, they're going to do it now. And the concern that they see is if if the school says you can't discriminate based upon uh, gender identity, well, then are we going to have a situation where high school boys are starting to go using the girls' bathrooms or the girls' showers? Are we going to be able to protect those places or not? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And what we're seeing here is, again, this is a misinterpretation of the law. The Supreme Court several years ago handed down the Bostock decision, and there are many liberals who are using that decision as an excuse for radical social change. And the court was clear that Bostock is limited to its facts. It has to do with Title VII. It has nothing to do with uh, public accommodation outside of the Title VII context. And so that's why clarifying these points of law and making sure that the left isn't using them as an excuse to push America beyond the, the mid, wholesome Midwestern values from Springfield, Missouri. That's why that's so important. You know, it's really interesting because this story really took off. There's a Heartlander article about it this morning, and they had a, a comments from a couple of the Springfield school board members like Steve McCoskey who said, hey, this is in no way what we're signing up for. We don't want to see this happen. And the total pushback all came back to, well, this is what the Biden administration is forcing us to do. It's really good to have this clarifying language that, no, you're not going to lose funds if you don't do what the liberals want you to do. And Washington, D.C. bureaucrats do not get to hand down edicts to local school boards. That's absolutely right. The Missouri Attorney General's office will stand with the parents and with those who believe that parental control is the most local form of control out there. We don't co-parent. Parents don't co-parent with the government in Missouri. Uh, General, one other thing, and I, while we've got you on, I have to ask, Supreme Court has, is taking up the Missouri versus Biden case. Let's, can, we, can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Tell us, for the, the people that don't know, I think this is one of the bigger cases we're going to see this year. Tell us what's the background on that case and where it stands right now. We are fighting to protect Missourians' right to free speech. Uh, it is under attack by the Biden administration. They're controlling and coercing big tech social media to silence, censor conservative voices. We're fighting back. We put on evidence. We scratched the surface, uncovered a, a relationship of coercion and collusion between the White House across a spectrum of bureaucratic agencies targeting conservative voices on big tech. Uh, again, only scratch the surface, preliminary discovery. We went to court and got a preliminary injunction that was handed down on the 4th of July in celebration of this nation's independence. The first brick in a wall 
of separation between tech and state to protect our right to free speech. Uh, we've defended that injunction twice now at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. So the score is Missouri three, Biden zero in the fight to protect free speech. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. I'm confident in the ultimate success on the merits. Again, this isn't a conspiracy theory. We can show you the documents. We can show you the deposition testimony. In fact, we put that evidence on in court to justify the preliminary injunction, and the court issued 82 pages of individually numbered paragraphs of factual findings that justified this wall of separation between tech and state to defend the First Amendment. Attorney General Andrew Bailey, uh, he's, he's running for re-election next year. He's handing down a letter to the Springfield School Board this afternoon for their meeting tonight, but also has the Missouri versus Biden case going up to the Supreme Court. Uh, if anybody wants to follow along with the work that you're doing as the Attorney General, how do they find you on social media? How do they follow along with that work? Yeah, check us out at ago.mo.gov. That's ago.mo.gov. Follow the work we're doing to protect Missourians and our constitutional rights. General Andrew Bailey, thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing what the school board does this evening. Uh, they'll be they'll be meeting here shortly. So looking forward to see how uh, how this is handled, and particularly in light of, of your letter tonight. Appreciate you joining us the show. Thanks for having me on. All the best to you and your listeners. All right. That was Attorney General Andrew Bailey. Really interesting to see the Attorney General wang into this local controversy Garrett, we've talked about this a little bit the last couple of days, how the, 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 the Biden administration sort of flexing their muscle and saying, oh, we're going to we're going to take food out of kids mouths if you don't add these protected classes. How do you think the letter is received by the board? Well, I mean, it was, it was a split vote. I believe there's seven members of the board and they voted three, three last time. You can correct me if the numbers are off, but it was a tie last time, which means they decided not to officially pass it you need a majority now all seven are there and the thought process is that it's going to it's going to pass and we're going to include gender sexuality all of that stuff into this protected class of citizen and i it's it with the the statement that the attorney general just made i think kind of takes away any hiding places or any excuses that the school board members voting in favor of this bill have there are a lot of school board members who, before this letter was written and published, could have said, oh, well, we didn't want to lose schooling. Oh, oops. Or we didn't want to lose funding for the schools. Oh, we're just trying to fight to be better. Oh, we're just trying to to help our students with funding and extra money. Now, it's it, it's like the veil has been lifted with, with this letter, proving that if you do this, it is only because you want to see it added. And if we... Just go off that merit. I, there's a, there's still a pretty high chance it passes, but I think now it exposes the the woke members of the school board for exactly what they are. Yeah, and I I, I think it'll be interesting. You know, the predecessor to Andrew Bailey when he was in the legislature was um, was Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt made his name by by basically suing. All across the state to stop mask mandates, to stop COVID requirements, to see now Bailey picking up the mantle and saying, hey, uh, if you do this, just know you are not required to do so by the federal government. The question then is, let's say the board says, oh, we're going to go ahead and do it anyways. Do we see a revolt of parents? The school board elections come up next spring. We're going to have several of the, the school board members on the ballot. I always like to say you get the government you voted for. So the question is, do parents get angry if the school board says, forget the attorney general, forget the concerns everybody else has. We want to go ahead with this. 
does do they pay a price at the ballot box next spring? I mean, you, you'd like to think so, obviously. You'd like to think that this is a wake-up call. Unfortunately, local voters, especially in whenever it's just school board elections only, it it's a little hit and miss sometimes. I mean, we, we've missed on the last couple. That's what led us in this situation and in this scenario. So as as optimistic of a person as I am, and I hope that this one gets through to local voters, it still worries me that it's just not going to be enough. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I always worry about is we see this this very, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, apathy among the Springfield community when it comes to the school board. There's a few in the minority that are really, really concerned, but turnout's always really low. People just don't seem that wound up to to jump in and, and go work for or or donate to or even come out to vote in a school board race. So we see turnout of 25%, and then we complain when the board members don't listen to the community. And, you know, we've looked at statistics over the past few years. School board enrollment or school enrollment in the public schools has gone down while private schools like Grace Classical and Gloria Deo and New Covenant have seen huge explosions in the number of students there. So really fascinating to watch all this play out. Uh, you know, frankly, my kids go to public schools. I'm concerned about this particular policy change. I don't know what it leads to and what types of um, challenges that teachers and principals and school board or school administrators have to deal with. And, you know, listen, we all know high school kids like to push boundaries. That's something they like to do. And, you know, if they pass this high school boys, 16, 17 years old, they're going to they're going to push the boundaries. They're going to see, well, you can't tell me I, I can't go in there. Maybe that's my agenda. You're going to see these situations start to play out over and over in the school school districts. Yeah, I mean, teenage boys get a hold of one little loophole in a law and all of a sudden think they're the next Matlock. I mean, that's just what that's what happens every single time. They find a loophole and now this is providing some really gross people, some really wide open loopholes. Not all teenage boys in general are gross. I'm just saying a large majority are just more, <laughs> most of them, just like a solid 90%. And that's coming from someone who was a gross teenage boy. I get it. It's just. It's opening way too much of a loophole, and the the benefits will never, ever, ever outweigh these concerns of, oh, you had to go, like, there's one side of, oh, you have to go to the bathroom, and you don't feel like that bathroom's the right place for you. I can, I can sympathize if someone is going through something like that where they just don't feel comfortable in their own skin, but the alternative for that is just opening the door and allowing men to be in the locker rooms, showers, and bathrooms with women and that's just not a risk anybody should be willing to take. Absolutely not. Really going to be fascinating. All eyes on the school board. They're meeting right now. We'll see what they do. I have no idea, no idea if this letter has any impact, but we're about to find out with what the school board does tonight. Do they make a change in their in their decision-making? We'll find out here uh, anytime because they're they're meeting right now. Uh, we, we've got one more segment coming up and, you know, on the second half of that interview, we talked about the Missouri versus Biden, the battle of big tech and all that. Yep. You know, I want to go back to, because just today, a bunch of attorneys generals have announced a lawsuit against Meta. We've discussed the whole TikTok situation, whether China is using TikTok to steal our data. And I want to get back into that in light of this Missouri versus Biden case, in light of the Meta lawsuits. 
We're going to talk about that in the next segment coming up. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. Yeah. Hey.